Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 27. Oh, yeah. Busy week this week. I'm going to start with content updates. Stay of the game recap because we had one. Division news because there's quite a bit to cover. A speculation piece based on skills from the Division 1 into the Division 2. Couple listener questions, and we'll wrap it up. So with content updates, so I have a giveaway ongoing through the rest of, uh, well, the rest of September and through October. I'm giving away a official The Division 2 hoodie and t-shirt. It will be purchased at any size the winner wants, ordered straight from the Ubisoft store. You go look up those two items, you'll see it's a rather expensive prize, but I'm happy to do it. So, um, however you consume this podcast, you should see a link somewhere. If not, check out my Twitter at Bond Diesel, and the link should be in there in my pinned message. An update for uh, later today, I'm recording this on Saturday, is um, due to some issues this week. I've, I've actually been one that has streamed using the Windows Xbox app as my Elgato or as my capture card uh, since I started streaming. The advantage being it's free, uh, it's in the computer. Uh, the disadvantage being the quality is not great and if Xbox services are down in any way shape or form it doesn't work so I have ordered a Elgato HD 60 Pro it should arrive on Saturday I'm going to set it up Saturday and it should be in use by Sunday uh, with this should bring more reliability uh, higher quality um, I may try to bump the stream back up to 1080 at some point. Um, I just know a lot of people watch from their cell phones, and if their connection isn't fast enough, the 1080 will will look like crap. And during peak times, they won't be able to downgrade it, so they wouldn't be able to watch it all. And I don't want that. That's not the goal. So we'll see. <clears throat> Regardless, even if I stream at 720 the quality should look significantly better and I think it's gonna be it'll be nice it'll be good so stream schedule I'm going to kind of set in place so I think we're going to be streaming Saturdays and Sundays in the morning around 9 a.m. EST Eastern Standard Time uh, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, most most of the time, five or six o'clock uh, for three or four hours. I definitely plan on throwing in some random streams, maybe streaming Monday night late here and there, Wednesday night late here and there, even Fridays here and there. But those are the that's the schedule I think I'm gonna stick with um, in the near future, at least. Oddly enough, this coming week I'm not gonna be able to stream on Tuesday. <laughs> 
So I am going to move that to Monday, but for the most part, um, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday should be the schedule from here on out. I'm trying to make sure I can be sustainable and consistent. Uh, the final point with content update is uh, I live in the United States, whether you live here or not, uh, it's, it's political times, dramatic times. My goal has been to, for the most part, keep politics out of my stream and my content. I plan on continuing that. I've also never been shy to express my thoughts if it comes up. I, I just want to be clear that I don't care who you voted for, what quote unquote side you believe in or identify with. Um, that's cool. Whatever. I'm happy to chit chat about it even. What I'm not going to deal with is ignorance and I'm not going to deal, um, with, with, with kind of like intolerance and stuff. If, if you're going to act bigoted, if you're going to act like that, not going to happen here. Um, and, and if you're just going to come in throwing out conspiracy theories calling one side or the other evil or whatever i don't have time for that that i don't have time for that in my circle i'm always happy to interact with people with different ideas that's how you learn that's how you grow that's how you become a better person uh, but if, if if someone comes in with an agenda or or demonizing doing all that silly stuff uh, i mean just don't plan on being a part of what i'm doing and I, um, I wish you the best. Moving on to the fun stuff. Stay of the game recap. So we got a stay of the game this week. It wasn't anything insane, but it was still nice. Um, the notable things I picked up was that this, the dev blog would be released the same day. This was on Thursday. Uh, I will address that separately in the, in the news section. There is a stay of the game uh, the following week on October 4th with Mr. Frederick Thylander, not the gun guy, but the 3C guy. That should be really interesting. Um, I believe they said he's going to come in and talk about guns uh, despite his, <laughs> his gun guy like or dislike of being called. Um, but that should be a really cool episode. Frederick um, is one of the nicest people you can ever talk to. Um, also very serious and very um, uh, very smart about uh, game mechanics and things that are changing in Division 2. And It should be fun. It should be cool to hear from him. Um, they talked about a roadmap being released for October. I don't think it's quite made its way out yet, but I imagine it will by Monday. Uh, the events that they announced are on the 5th, there will be a DZ weekend with double supply drop rewards in the DZ. On the 11th, um, the Rebel Shield will be released and it's uh, not retroactive. And you will need to reach wave 15 on a resistance map. On the 19th, they have a double field proficiency, proficiency, cheese old cash reward weekend. 
Uh, so, you know, go collect all your intel and get tons of caches. On the 27th, uh, the start of global event blackout will begin. And then at some point in the month, they haven't announced the date yet is a new dev blog and they didn't announce what the subject will be. <clears throat> they did talk really briefly about um, pre-order details such as stash size, extra activities, things that we don't know a whole lot about. They said they will be discussed before the release, AKA while you can still cancel your pre-order, but they um, can't give details yet. So. Keep that in mind if you're one of the people who's shaking in their boots about what the season pass means and all that. Uh, realize that whether you've pre-ordered or not, um, they are at least saying they're going to release details before the game releases. Therefore, if you pre-order, you don't like what they're throwing out there, you can cancel. Um, one thing I think people need to consider with comments like that that they made but especially the state of the game before when they uh, talked a little more about the pre-order stuff is that while it may not be the details that we want and maybe that we deserve, it's at the very least statements that can be used in the future if they go against them. So when they made statements about how the stash will be fair and reasonable, things like that, that they won't do the stash under microtransactions you know, those are all things that I think should comfort somewhat if you trust them at all, which if you don't, you don't. But I think that they're also, they are smart enough to know that if they put that information out there and go against it, it'll be used against them. So I, I try to take it with some seriousness and I hope that they uh, continue to be mostly reasonable and fair about these microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff the way they were in Division 1. And it seems like the 7-day early access or the 3-day early access uh, is is a less bad version of the uh, like the console exclusives from the first game. So we work in an imperfect system and we hope for the best at this point. Okay, so Division News. We had a developer blog released on the 27th, mostly focused on weapons in the Division 2. Uh, oddly enough, despite being focused on weapons in the Division 2, we didn't learn about any new weapons in the Division 2. <laughs> um, I suspect that there's reasons behind that. The marketing or PR or whoever probably just doesn't want to release new stuff quite yet. They probably want to save some of that fun and excitement for... January, February, which is what it is. But what we did learn, gun classes. Um, there is a new weapon category on top of the SMGs, assault rifles, LMGs, shotguns, pistols, and MMRs. Uh, we now have a rifle class, which will encompass the semi-auto and burst fire weapons. Don't know like kind of what that means or what the implications may be, the weapons from the Division 1 that I would expect to see in that category are the MDR, LVOAC, and the FAL or the SA-58 as we commonly know it. I sincerely hope the SA-58 and FAL class are semi-auto now, similar to the MDR. 
I know many people are going to throw their hands up in the air about the LVOAC being added to this category and no longer being a fully automatic rifle. Um, for realism's sake, I guess, uh, is the way to say it, is the LVOAC is a civilian non-stamp requiring weapon. It's just a really expensive AR-15. Uh, it's a very nice AR-15, but um, if you look them up, the real ones, they are not fully automatic weapons. They are not. Uh, I'm sure that they can be converted if you if you have the proper permits and the proper um, mechanicals. But uh, that is a semi-automatic weapon, and that's how it's going to be portrayed in Division Two. Um, if the semi-autos are treated similar to how the, they are in Destiny Two, even though they've been nerfed a little bit recently. Um, I think that's going to be a good, so a good thing. So you'll have fairly rapidly firing, higher damage than AR per bullet, kind of accurate rifles, kind of heavy hitters, you know. Um, but I'm trying to think of how they're going to differentiate those between the marksman rifles. The marksman rifles, I assume, will be bold actions. And probably slower firing semi-automatics, um, but I imagine some of the MMRs from Division One may actually make it into the rifle class in Division Two. Um, on top of all of the new weapons that we're gonna find out about, hopefully, eventually. Please, I want more guns. Come on, just give them to us. <laughs> the um. The other thing we saw was uh, it talked a little bit about exotic weapons and how they want to make the designs of them somewhat more notable. The Division 1, uh, most of the exotics, it seemed their design philosophy was gold and platinum. <laughs> so um, while that looked cool, especially on Midas, it made sense. Uh, it'll be nice to see some more creative designs come out of the exotic weapons. We've only seen the lullaby at this point, I believe. The um, One of the pre-order bonuses is a Spaz 12 shotgun uh, that has like a kind of tape and black and white design and even has like a little character dangling from the front of the of the barrel little doll or whatever you would call it a little marionette and um, I, I think that seems like it's a it's a neat idea towards the uh, design of exotics uh, from an aesthetic point of view and that they may be a little more interesting than they were in division one uh, and not just blinging out the blog talked a little bit about grenades and how from level 1 to 29 the only grenades that you will carry are concussion grenades. Uh, gone is the grenade wheel. There's two things that I want to point out there is that one, that means that, especially early in the game, I use grenades a lot. Because they're very powerful considering your ability to do damage with a gun. So that'll be gone. Uh, I'm, I suspect the concussion grenades will do no damage or very, very little. More of a status effect. The 
other part of that is that on consoles at least that weapon wheel um or that grenade wheel ui um, may very well uh, make room for something else that button may be used for a different purpose um but we'll have to see uh that that is nice because in theory it opens up some more functionality on the relatively limited number of inputs on the controller and uh, we'll have to see uh, they did talk about how at level 30 when you start with uh, specializations each specialization has their own unique grenade and you lose your concussion grenades so you'll be looking at things like fire grenades electric grenades frag grenades like we currently have uh, standard and uh, I suspect as we get more specializations, which I'm assuming we'll get, we'll get different grenades and, you know, kind of go from there. The blog talked a little bit about weapon mods, uh, the unlock system, uh, replacing farming of mods and mods being an actual uh, item that you collect. And each of the mods will have static, but significant positives and negatives. I've seen some worry about this, about how like the accuracy stat was kind of useless in Division 1, which isn't entirely true. Um, it's just maybe not as significant as it should have been in order to make it um, even thought of when you're picking your mods. Um, I think this mod system uh, will make it much easier for them to provide some balance and not just give like a a best in slot situation where if you have this type of gun this is the only set of mods you should use uh, that depending on people's playstyle and what they like to do and whether they're on a mouse or on a controller um, hopefully we see some more variety when it comes to the various attachments and things like that I've seen people be kind of stuck on some of the stats from the division 2 demo and thinking that that's you know those are the final numbers that that's what we're gonna get i would caution people to not do that um they they made pretty clear when i was at e3 and since then that all of the numbers and a lot of the things about that demo were kind of cobbled together uh quite a while ago and they were just trying to get something out that we could play that, that gave a general idea of where the game was going and how it was gonna look and feel but maybe not um, everything exactly the way it's going to be at release. So I would be patient there, but you know that's up to you. The last thing that it mentioned was the weapon talents and how that is changing really significantly. Um, I believe it said that they're all new weapon talents. There's no um, old ones returning as far as I could tell. And um, the way that they're unlocked is going to be different because we don't technically have a firearms, uh, stamina, and electronics score in our gear. We do have skill power, um, but we don't have those other things. And so uh, the weapon talents being unlocked are not dependent on those anymore. And what they're dependent on are going to be any stats that we carry at all. So you could see weapon talents being unlocked by crit hit damage percentage. You could see it being unlocked by skill haste or any various things. And what's really interesting is I believe 
um, that you may have to have over a certain number for those things. Um, in theory, and I believe that this was implemented, or that may be, um, you may also have to have stats under a certain number in order to unlock something. So in Division 1, all the talents are based on having enough of something. Um, in Division 2, the stats or the talents very well may unlock by having not, not too much of something. Not positive of that, I can't remember if the blog had that involved or not. Um, and I'm, and maybe that won't happen, but uh, I think the fact that it'd be a really interesting way to maybe give us really interesting talents to use, but kind of force us to make a choice to be weak in a certain area in order to use those very powerful talents. So it's a it's a neat thing. So that that this dev blog it didn't have you know all the new information everyone wanted. I think that. The people who follow things really closely were maybe a little disappointed. I still thought it was interesting. I thought it was just cool to see something official. But hopefully the one in October gives us some more juicy information that we don't have already. Um, but for people who are just kind of casually paying attention or just pop in, um, I think that that kind of information is really important for players who maybe played for a couple of months and then left and never came back. Just to kind of see the significant changes they're making and um, to kind of see just how that is going to work. The other part of Division News was the Alex Irvine. He posted a tweet on Friday, August 29th, September 29th, my bad, um, saying that he had turned in his first draft of the Division 2 book that follows April Kelleher into the Midwest and follows her journey after the uh, Collapse of New York book that we all got and uh, in, in read and enjoyed. Uh, hopefully, if you didn't, you should. And um, he did point out to someone that uh, the first book was kind of like a, a found art piece almost where it, it was a survival guide written about what happens during disasters in cities like New York. And it also had notes everywhere from April, who uh, kind of documented her journey from various time spans through the book. And as you read the book and do some puzzles and figure some things out as she does, you come to realize that the person who wrote this book knew that the dollar flu was coming. That, and that it probably wasn't Keener, it probably wasn't even the person who actually did it. So uh, with some of the themes from the Division 2, there's some idea or some thought that there may be kind of some big cover government conspiracy involved with the dollar flu. Maybe it was a test of some type, maybe it was something else that got out of hand or maybe went exactly the way it was supposed to. We don't know yet, and I suspect we'll learn more from this book and from the Division 2 story itself. So um, keep an eye on that. You can follow Alex Irvine on Twitter if you look up his name, and it seems like he enjoys uh, throwing out little tidbits. The tidbit he dropped this week or on Friday was when someone asked whether the story would be told the same as the first book. He said no, but you never know what will come in the future or something to that effect. So he's a he's a a man of uh, speculation and hype. So I suspect leading up to the release of the book, he'll be 
be wetting our you know our appetites quite a bit so uh for the speculation piece this week i was going to talk about skills in the division two so so we know that there's some new skills we know that there's some returning skills we also know that um there should be some skills that are gone so the returning skills that are confirmed or at least assumed by me, <laughs> maybe not you, but by me, uh, is the turret, the shield, and the seeker. So the turret and the shield we haven't seen in the Division 2 demo, but we did um, see stats for them on the gear uh, during the demo. When gear was dropping, it, it had a shield percentage stat and a turret percentage. I think it was like damage percentage or whatever. Uh, we saw the Seeker. That is something we did see. Uh, the Pulse and the Sticky Bomb are two that we haven't heard about yet. Um, in this new, kind of more gritty version of the game, the Pulse, I still think, has a place. Uh, but we very well may have it, but we may not. And the Sticky Bomb is another one that, at times, that skill was tough to balance, especially in things like PvP. But then, in other ways, after balancing, it became nearly useless in PvP. So, multiple reasons for that. Health scaling, things like that were different, but... Um, I'd be surprised if the sticky bomb didn't return, uh, but maybe in some significantly different way. We know about uh, a couple new skills. We know about the hive and the drone. Are, will there be more new skills? I don't know. One thing that you can do is if you go back to some of the original trailers from the Division 1, there were lots and lots of skills that they highlight or briefly show back then that uh, they never used and the drone is one of them uh, I don't think the hive was in the division one at all I think that's a completely new thing but um, I believe there were even some skills that were kind of like caltrops and stuff like that that uh, were basically a bunch of spikes that would go all over the ground and slow down enemies that were running through them um, there were all kinds of things in those early trailers and I've considered going back and doing a video on it we're doing a video of some type of looking at all of the stuff from the Division 1 that was teased early that I think we may get in Division 2, uh, but we'll have to see. But um, but we know we're getting the Hive and the Drone. Uh, the ones that, that are gone or that we know are gone, uh, we do, there has been comment that the Hive uh, is replacing the heal box from the Division 1. So I would very... I'd be very willing to, to venture and say the heal box is gone, 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 not coming back. Um, along with that, we have the first aid and uh, that is likely replaced in some capacity by the chem launcher, which is uh, another new skill I forgot to mention. So the new skills we have are hive drone and chem launcher and the chem launcher I suspect while it has an offensive utility, like we saw in the demo, will likely also have some kind of defense or support utility, depending on how you mod it, which I'll talk about here in a moment. 
So the chem launcher um, will likely replace the first aid and I doubt we get the first aid again. Then we have other ones, um, the ultimates we know are gone and I don't, I don't expect to see those back anyway. I wouldn't be surprised that the mechanics that those used may be used in things like the raid or something like that. There might be some way to overload your shade tech and give yourself a temporary speed boost or damage boost or whatever. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. Uh, but then we have mobile cover and smart cover. And those we haven't seen anything about. And were for the most part completely useless and not really a big thing, especially at this point in the Division 1. The problem with that being that, in theory, those two products or those two skills, uh, with what it looks like the Division 2 gameplay is going to be leaning towards, would be insanely useful and very um, popular. So... We'll have to see if those make a comeback, uh, maybe in some significantly modified way. Speaking of modified, uh, the mods for skills in Division 2, we, we've gotten some kind of hints and some kind of ideas of how things are going to look. So I think that there is, uh, we know that there's a cosmetic slot for skills this time, which is something I'm a little specul uh, speculative of or maybe leery about. I don't know what the right words would be. Um, but one of the pre-order bonuses is a, um, a cosmetic mod for, I believe, the Seeker Mine. Um, which implies that so you, know, you can use these mods to essentially change the effect when a Seeker Mine goes off or when the hive goes off the 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 i don't know what that means i don't know if we can change the color of the explosion if we can change you know the type of things it does this is one of those things where there's going to be a fine line between cool and personalization uh while also potentially being kind of lame and uh cheesy so I'll be curious to see how that goes. The initial fear with that mod was that um, it was a pay to win thing, that you had to pre-order to get this mod that would make the Seeker better. And then they, they clearly pointed out that no, it won't make it better, it just makes it look different. So that's something I'm personally really skeptical of, but um, we'll have to see. I, I hope that they, uh, they treat the IP with respect and don't make it too goofy. But um, it also seems that there's going to be other types of mods. Um, we, we know that the skills can be modded with different intents and different uses now. So one example is the hive. Um, that the hive, you can throw it out and it will shoot off a bunch of little bots that will attack the weak points of characters or just attack them, uh, NPCs and enemies. Um, the word that we've gotten that it's replacing the heal box also lends um, some belief to that the hive may have a defensive measure as well, where or a support measure, where you can throw the hive on allies or yourself, 
and maybe it will um, repair your armor instead of having to replace the armor plate or it'll have some other type of utility the thing like the drone you know the drone that we got to use in the demo you would target enemies it would go out and shoot them and kill them and come back um, you know there's there's various ways that that can be used defensively and with support same with the turret same with the shield same with the seeker we do i believe in the demo it showed that the seeker mine uh depending on what mod you have on it um, will not auto target you may select an area for the seeker to attack it will go that way shoot up in the air and explode uh, and do lots and lots of damage but it also gives the target a moment to get out of that area so and it won't follow them so i think um if that's a design philosophy they're going to use in division two that means that people who want to be skill build focused will be able to they will have very powerful skills to use but they will not be point and click like they are right now or not or drop or drop it and forget it kind of skills uh, for ones that do lots of damage that are very effective so it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes and that's what i have for the speculation speculation jeez lp it's the the skills are gonna be interesting. I, I'm I'm curious to see them detail that out. Maybe that's what the October dev blog will be, or they may hold off some of that information for a while since it's probably lots of new information and they want to you know tease us for a while. So we'll have to see. Uh, I had a couple of leftover listener questions from last week. NRGZ asked, um, "Isn't it about time that games have fully destructible environments?" So that's an interesting thing, being someone who came from the Battlefield franchise. Um, fully destructible environments are, are interesting because I, I, I especially think back in like the, the PlayStation days of Red Faction and things like that, when we got our first hint of like highly destructible environments, is um, that, that highly destructible environments provide a huge problem for developers in that they use environment to funnel us to provide challenges and things like that so if you can destroy everything in a game uh, it doesn't always in improve the experience in a game um if people remember battlefield bad company 2 there were multiple maps and areas in that game that by the end of the round you're playing a rush or conquest there would be entire areas completely flattened zero cover with zero anything and it wasn't really it was cool for sure but it wasn't necessarily good for the gameplay if anything it turned into a lot of stalemates just it, it, it's i know that the fully destructible is a thing that sounds cool because it is but like in the division type of game I don't really know if, like if I could sit there with a sticky bomb for an hour and take down the Empire State Building, you know, one, the demand on the engine and the resources to do that would, I assume, just not be possible. But 
But I think that there are other types of destruction, maybe not fully destructible environments, but more destructible environments that there's a lot more of that in the division than people think. It seems like the Snowdrop engine is very supportive of smaller scale destruction. Uh, lots and lots of pillars, uh, things in the environment that will explode or pop or fall over. Um, I would like to see cover, most of the pieces of cover, be able to be eroded or taken away um, when people are using them. So someone can't just infinitely hide behind a plastic road barrier that you can degrade that barrier and eventually get to that enemy or that that player you're trying to shoot so there, there's a lot of parts of destruction the, the division i don't think people have seen or you just don't realize it when it's happening but there's a lot there and i would like to see that expanded exponentially but again it kind of turns into uh, with with the video games especially games that are on consoles there's this battle between features and memory or features and resources so you want your game to run smoothly even on the somewhat antiquated hardware of a console especially the original consoles ps4 and xbox one the one x and the pro give them a little more leeway but they still have to design the game for the people with the lowest specs right so there comes this balance of like, do we want to use all of our resources on things that look cool or on elements that make the gameplay better? And it seems like they have a decent balance of that in Division 1, but even there when we have some issues with some, some lag and some, you know, networking issues and things like that, maybe it's unrelated, but I suspect it's not. Um, especially with all the things that are server side, things that everyone has to see the same. They have to be very, very, very cautious with those resources as well. So I would like more destructible environments, but I think fully destructible in most games is not realistic yet. But if you want that, it looks like Battlefield 5 has highly destructible environments. Uh, the second question I had uh, was uh, more on the funny side of Sasquatch asks, what would the adult film categories be for The Division? Um, <laughs> that one uh, took me by a little bit of surprise. Um, I feel like that's a very creative question, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that is a uh, is one that I would like to hear you guys. What would anyone who listened, anyone who's still listening, what would you guys uh, think of for categories of adult films that would be division based? And I have to say, I am mortified. And terrified to see the answers. Tell me on Twitter. Say it in the Discord. Put it in the comments. I'm both excited and somewhat mortified. So 
There's that. The um, but thank you guys for your questions. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like me to address, topics that you'd like me to cover, um, as always, feel free to mention it on Twitter, in the Discord, in any way that you can get to me. Feel free to let me know. You can find the Echo Cast on Anchor, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and I also upload it to YouTube. Uh, typically over my most recent stream footage you can find me on twitter youtube and twitch as bond diesel on instagram as bond diesel underscore twitch fun episode a decent amount to talk about it makes me realize that once we start getting a lot more significant info that the the podcast may drag out a bit so I may need to get a little better with the scheduling and with uh, getting some guests in and things like that. Um, but that's all I have for this week. I am Bond Diesel. This was episode 27 of the Echo Cast. Thank you very much, and until next time. <laughs>